Welcome to Short Story Book Club, the podcast. On today's episode, we'll review Chronicles of a Death Foretold by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, listen in on a post-movie chat over dinner with myself and Stephen, and take a look at the calendar for literary events around the country. All this, coming up next... Today's short story review is of the novella by Gabriel Garcia Marquez titled Chronicle of a Death Foretold. This novella is actually the winner uh, of the Nobel Prize. So looking at the cover and understanding that it was a Nobel Prize winner is what actually intrigued me about this publication from the start. And I'm very happy to say that I was not disappointed. So, the nature of a crime is a commentary on the people who live in the society in which it occurs. When children come to school with guns, with the intent to kill, it says something about the society that allows that to happen. When, in a supposedly modern age, a country continues to grapple with racism and gender discrimination, decades after movements combating those social ills have long passed, it says something about the disconnect that exists between its mainstream ideals and those whose thoughts have been marginalized or even silenced, but never destroyed. So when we read Chronicle of a Death Foretold, we see the structure of a simple society much like our own. Sure. There are details in the setting and the problems of the people that make it far-fetched from anything that we're used to in today's modern age. But when we get down to thinking about the people, the choices they make that might have been the same ones you would make in their situation, you begin to see how the society described in Gabriel Garcia Marquez's Nobel Prize winning novella are just like us. It is a sad commentary about the burden of responsibility and what we choose to accept responsibility for. As the title suggests, Chronicle of a Death Foretold tells the story of a murder that occurred nearly 30 years earlier in a small town. At a time when young women were still managed as property, 
Angela Vicario finds herself promised in marriage to San Bayardo Roman. She doesn't love him, and it is revealed on their wedding night that she was not a virgin. When pressed for the name of the man who robbed her of her innocence, she gives the name of Santiago Nasser. Unfortunately for Santiago, he is unaware of the affair, and doubly unaware of the Vicario brothers, who have made it their mission to kill him, to restore honor to their family name. The remainder of the story recounts how the narrator aims to learn more. Besides the story itself, the strength of this novella is how the story was written. Marquez writes in elegant prose, not flowery or wind winding, just simple, descriptive, and seemingly effortless in the way it moves the story along, as if you were hearing it from a friend. It is complete in spite of its length, and leaves you satisfied in contemplation. For me, the first thing I thought of upon reading this book was terrorism and the See Something, Say Something campaign that we've all grown accustomed to now. But as I allowed my thoughts to linger, I was reminded of the mass shootings that have been plaguing our schools and communities over the past few years. How often is it that we hear someone say they are going to do something bad, and then we stand back and do nothing to stop them? Not even a simple, you know, you really shouldn't joke about something like that, that's not cool, or, you know, whatever it is that you can say in the moment. After something happens, is it enough to let us off the hook if we say, oh, I thought he was kidding? Probably. Probably not. But that's one of the questions that Gabriel Garcia Marquez asks us to grapple with. And that's why this book is so relevant and appropriate for our time. I highly recommend it. Up next, we listen in on a post-movie chat with myself and Stephen. Today, we're at a restaurant discussing Book Club, the movie, starring Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, Diane Keaton, and Mary Steenbergen. We talk a little bit about everything, including my recent visit to the Vent Haven Museum in northern Kentucky, which is very close to Cincinnati, and the hurricane rains pouring down outside as we sit before a table of Chinese food. So, what did you think of the movie? Well, I mean, it's camp. And she wanted to talk camp. She 
thought it was a lot better than it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. All right then. So. I thought it was a lot. There were a lot of cliches in it. Mm-hmm. Like all the discussion about older people. Yes. Thank you. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. <coughs> all the discussion about older people was very cliche, but I understand right. they needed to do it to make a point. Um. I, I did also, and I hope this doesn't sound crappy to me, but I also sort of felt like the ladies looked a lot older mm-hmm. in the film. Um, usually I'll see women with wrinkles. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that was a directorial thing or whether they had actually aged in that way to look like they have wrinkles. But that's what I noticed. I thought it was... Believe it or not, fair because I mean, you look at uh, like for an example, uh, Candace Bergen. I mean, she was a um, a model back in the seventies. So you look at this compared to now, and yeah, she would be about seventy right now. And the same thing with um, Jane Fonda. Right. They both. What I'm saying is, right. you know, showing up the wrinkles. They usually mm-hmm. put them in some kind of light so that you can't see the wrinkles anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm, I thought that was good. <coughs> Seeing the wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have. Then a little something. Um, okay. Yeah, Mary Steenburgen, who is just, you know. She was never a sex symbol in the first place. Mm-hmm. Candace Bergen? I thought she was. Yeah, but Mary wasn't. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore? Mary Steenburgen. Who's that? Okay. She was the one who had the husband who oh. had the um, motorcycle. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. That was the character there. And she, you know, it was, it was good. I mean, you, you do know that... Um, since you did take that trip to Cincinnati, you do realize who Candace Bergen is the daughter of, right? No. Okay. There was this um, ventriloquist, you know, Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy. Hmm. You've never heard? Hmm. This was around World War II era. I'm not that old, but but I'm just saying that since you did go to the museum, I figured you did see something on. You've never heard of Edgar Berger and Charlie McCarthy? I don't. I mean, they must have been the. They should have been in that museum. 
They were probably the ones. Who, he was probably the one who invented the museum, but I. Okay. I don't remember his name. But Candace is his daughter. Okay. And we have Jane, of course, who was a sex symbol of the late 60s and early 70s. And, okay, you had those two, you had Mary. And who was the fourth one again? Do you remember? Um, uh, Diane Keaton. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is cool. she related to Michael Keaton? No. Or at least I don't believe so. But... But seeing Diane Keaton there was interesting because she did the, because, you know, in that movie, she did put, there's this one outfit she put on, I was like, oh, man, she's going back to the Annie Hall look. Mm-hmm. You remember Annie Hall, right? Right. I thought the whole, her entire wardrobe was Annie Hall. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's kind of funny, though, because... Every time you look at the movie, they keep talking about 40 years. And, you know, that they've been in the book club for 40 years, so on and so forth. Right. And, you know, Annie Hall was, well... 40 years ago? All right, right around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, was, what really would have been interesting is, like, if they had made... Um, Candace Bergen's, Bergen's character um, also reflective of her old role mm-hmm. as a news reporter. Right. Like 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then Jane Fonda. I'm not really sure what what roles she had. Oh. Was she a Charlie's Angel? Is that it? No. She was a big time sex symbol for her first movie. For a breakout role, she was a comic book character, Barbarella, mm. who was running around scantily clad. <laughs> and then she started doing serious films. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. Well, anyway, besides um, besides the way that they made the women look, mm-hmm. um, I guess everything else was pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Pretty textbook. You kind of knew what was going to happen next. And what about the men? How do you think they made them look? Yeah, I think all the characters are pretty, pretty cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have much depth or complexities to them, and it wasn't that kind of film. It was never meant to be. I mean, any movie where Fifty Shades is in the central center of the conversation, mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be, but so serious. Well, actually, I think the selection of Fifty Gray, Shades of Gray is important only because when you think of women who are at their age 
everybody thinks that a woman that old is past her prime. And they would, you know, it's been the normal thing or in the past that, oh, women are not supposed to think like that because their time is at the small window. You get what I mean? It's like, well, it kind of reminds me of how people talk about male models and female models and how a guy, a man could be a model for almost forever and then once a woman gets past her late 30s, everything's over. Okay. That for some strange reason, um, a woman's window is supposed to be, but so whatever. I mean, and I think it's a, a thing at a time. It's like, like, for example, some of the things that um, I'm not trying to female bash, but there's some women who say, oh no, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to have desires. I'm supposed to stick in my little corner and just be until someone chooses me. And I'm not supposed to have a choice. I mean, which is kind of funny because the first book that you see of the young, the, the younger selves, they have... Um, the oh, book. Yeah, Betty Friedan? Hmm? No. <coughs> Betty Friedan is the feminine mystique from 1964. So you would be dealing with women who were older by another 10 years. Okay. They would be really too young for that. Okay. The book that they had in their hands. Mm -hmm was another racy book from 40 years ago called um, Erica Jong's Fear of Flying. Right. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. There's so many metaphors. Mm-hmm. Because the lady in the movie has a fear of flying. Mm-hmm. And um, and the book Fear of flying, like I don't know what it is about, but you're right. There probably is some kind of contrast between, or similarity actually, between Fifty Shades and Fear of Flying. Have you have you read Fear of Flying? Kate was the main character in Fear of Flying, and it was about. I read it a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It was about, um, from what I remember, sex. Um, at 30,000 feet, the Mile High Club. So you have sex on a plane? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what the stage of gray is about. Bondage. Yes. And pure freedom. Sexual freedom in the 21st century versus the depiction of sexual freedom in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. 
Now let's take a look at the Short Story Book Club calendar. On Saturday, July 21st, in Harlem, New York, there, there is the Harlem Book Fair. Further south in Washington, D.C., on Saturday, September 1st, the Library of Congress hosts its National Book Festival. Later the same month in Baltimore, on Friday, September 28th to Sunday, September 30th, there is the Baltimore Book Festival. And back in New York in October, there's the New York Comic Con from Thursday, October 4th, 2018 to Sunday, October 7. Make your plans now to make the most of your visits to these festivals this year. Do you know of other festivals and literary events that might be of interest to other short stories lovers? If so, please send your suggestions to us. Just send us an email at contact at shortstorybookclub.com. Well, that's all the time we have today. If you like what you've heard, please remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, leave us a comment, and then sign up for our newsletter at shortstorybookclub.com. Until then, happy reading. <laughs>